What's going on, Michael? Oh, man, all kinds of awesome, wonderful, interesting things. You said that you just got awarded, or I guess maybe Texas Harris Hawk tags are quote-unquote over-the-counter for permitted individuals? Yes. Texas Harris Hawk, man. There is nothing better than going out in the wild and capturing your own wild hawk and then convincing it to play nice with you and then convincing it to hunt with you cooperatively. Like, let's go catch this wild hawk. Okay, two weeks later, let's turn it loose. And I sure hope it comes back. And then I really want it to hunt with me. (laughs) Well, most of the time, Harris Hawks do that. I mean, I I definitely agree with you that there's nothing better than going out and like trapping a wild bird because, dude, it's wild. It knows everything that it needs to know, basically. You know, something that you told me, oh my gosh, maybe 10 years ago was like, that hawk is perfect itself. You know what I mean? It is completely flawless. It knows everything that it needs to do. You're the one with flaws. And so you have to be able to know how to insert yourself in its life and and train it properly to get it to just hunt with you. It already knows how to hunt. Now it needs to do it with you. I believe that 100% too. I believe that every hawk out there, especially a hawk that was hatched in May of the year in the spring, survived Mm -hmm. all summer, and then it's out there hunting on its own. And that hawk is perfect. That wild hawk has absolutely no problems in life. The only (laughs) problems in life are when we trap it, and then we insert ourselves into its hunting style. We either cramp that style, or we augment that style. Mm-hmm. You know, and you know, there's nothing more exhilarating to me than going out, finding perfect hawk, then convincing it to come off that whatever it's at, wherever it's way up there in the sky or on a telephone pole or in a tree or on a cliffside, and then come down and smash your trap, <laughs> and you run up, inspect it, make sure it hits all the parameters. And you decide to keep that hawk like at that moment when you're like, yes, I'm going to keep this hawk. We're going to be a partnership. Mm, dude. This is the one. We are going to be a partnership. And we are going to have so much fun. Because, Man. I mean, that's, that's, that's what it's all about, you know. But, yes, I put in. So, this year, I put in for the very last permit in Arizona, which I don't know if I got it yet or not. So, it's kind of fun. You know, yeah, they're handling the elk in antelope draw right now. It's it's probably just an absolute shit show <laughs> over at the Department of Wildlife. Yeah, the elk draw just happened two days ago and yesterday. Don't think I got drawn, which is a bit of a bummer, but it like coincides with NAFA, so you know that's fine. I would rather, yeah, I think I would rather go to Texas than a really, really, really low success archery elk hunt. <laughs> Well, the, you know, waiting for those permits definitely does give you something to get up in the morning to go check to see if I got it. Yeah, seriously. I just checked before we jumped on. <laughs> I put it, I put in for the Texas permit, which is over the counter, definitely guaranteed that one. The problem with Texas is that you're not guaranteed to get a, to catch a bird. Like, oh, there's way less hawks there. Texas Harris hawks are I don't want to say they're few and far between, but they're less congregated. Like you go to Arizona Mm. 
And you know, oh, every golf course is going to have Harris Hawks around. <laughs> you know, <laughs> the golf courses. Is that where you go and you trap out of, like go to the outskirts of the golf courses? Yes, mostly. So Scottsdale, um, we like to go Scottsdale, like to go to Tucson. I pretty much know where like five or six different Harris Hawk families hang out in Scottsdale. Of course, you know, we only go every few years. The last time I went was in 2014. Whoa. It was that long ago? Maybe it was 2015. I don't know. I think it was 15. Yeah, because Nick was there and, you know, in 14 was right when we moved to St. Louis. So I think it was 15. Yeah. And, the, and prior to that, it was 2008. And then prior to that, it was 2006. All right. You're totally due. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I am. I'm totally due to, to go make it happen. So hopefully I got that permit, man. I'm pretty excited about that. Harris Hawk trapping is so much different than red tail trapping. And then red tail trapping is so much different than Cooper's Hawk trapping. Those are primarily the three birds that I trap regularly, but I also trap owls, and I've been pretty successful trapping owls. The reason why is because occasionally owls get hung up and caught inside warehouses. And, you know, we run Raptor Rescue, Inc., and so we're pretty much trapping all the time, like, Every week, at least. Last night, I went out at 6.30 p.m. As a matter of fact, I had just finished sending you a video of some of the animals at the office. Got a call, had to go trap a, a hawk. And usually, that's Cooper's hawks that we trap like that. But every once in a while, we get an owl that gets stuck inside of a building. And owls are so difficult to trap. Like, owls take forever to make up their mind. Like, Cooper's hawk... Boom, pam, put the trap up there. Pretty much if you have it lined up just right and it's in eyesight and you're up high enough, Cooper's hawk just comes screaming across there and goes, I'm going to get you, little mouse. But not an owl. An owl will sit there and watch and watch and watch and watch and watch. And good thing there's Pokemon Go. That's all I got to say. Because if it wasn't for Pokemon Go while we were doing some of these trapping programs, I would be just out of my mind. When it comes to owls, I, I definitely play a lot of Pokemon Go. But Harris Hawks, yeah. So the Harris Hawks, I do like going to Scottsdale, Arizona or Tucson, Arizona. And I do like trapping around the outskirts of the golf courses. Because usually about 10 o'clock in the morning, if you're driving around the outskirts of a golf course, there's two things you can do. One, you can ask people that are on golf courts go, hey, you see any big black birds flying around here? And they'll go, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's um, oh, over there by the blah, blah, blah hole. There's We saw a couple of them over there. And then you drive around to that side, and sure enough, you can spot them. And you kind of just follow them around until you can get to an area where you can serve a BC close enough that one of the birds, just one of the birds, can see the BC. Because if one of the birds sees the BC... They make this little hunting call, and then before you know it, you'll have the whole family over there. The other thing with golf courses is they're wide open, and so you just use your binoculars and you scope the outside edges of the tree line, and you'll see the, that flash of black, you know, and then you 
sit there, go to your Google satellite, satellite view, and figure out how to get around, get over there. And then when we go down to Tucson, Arizona, we typically like to scope out around. There is a, a university cattle area where they study cattle feed. And- oh, dude. And so there's a bunch of birds. prey birds and prey animals around there. Yep. yep. And it's right in the middle of town too. And so there's, uh, there's at least one family that hangs out there pretty regularly. And then on the other side of town, there's a feed lot. That's just a commercial feed lot. And so there's lots of, and when I say there's lots of prey items there, I mean, there's just a ton of them. I mean, there's rats everywhere. And of course, you can imagine the problem you have with trapping those, uh, those livestock stations is that there's so much food available that your little measly offering of a gerbil or a mouse <laughs> is, is usually just stared the measly at. measly offering. Yeah, Oh, because they're already probably so stuffed by the time you get there. Uh, oh, so when we do the livestock places, we get there before sunrise. Like, we get there before sunrise. Good idea. And we pretty much know where the birds pop out from. They all seem to come from this. There's a big, huge, like one of those big, huge, high-tension power line areas with the big towers up there. There's a big old nest in one of them. And that's where they roost at night in some of those towers. Mm-hmm. And when they fly in, especially this one I'm thinking about, the University of Arizona has got this ag station right there. When they fly in, they fly in the back way from the rugged territory and they land on this fence. And then they fly up to, you know, the, the grain lifts where they lift the grain up straight up. They fly up to that and then they start hunting. And so you've got a window of opportunity of about 30, 45 minutes before they eat. Because it doesn't take these birds no time to, to catch something. I mean, literally. Catch a few rats. Oh, yeah. They, there's rats everywhere and it's nor- they're all Norway rats. There's just holes in every embankment. You know, the brown rat, traditional oh. old world brown rat. You know, they are traditionally and notorious tunnelers and burrowers. So they catch mm-hmm. those. And the thing about those, those rats are so big that when they catch one, the Harris hawks only eat half of it. They drop it, and the young birds come and eat oh. the other half. They eat the, the adults eat the good half, the top end, yeah. right? You know, one of my best stories, Harris hawk trapping, we were in Phoenix, Arizona, and this was back when I was trying to trying to trap Anakin, the little male Harris hawk that I, I trapped in 2008. There's this really beautiful house up on the hill on the mesa, whatever they call it. And it had this big tennis court around it. And the tennis court had these really tall lights. And we were driving around looking. We had, we had seen that there was a family of Harris Hawks in the area, but they were always really down low and you couldn't see where they were. There was no yeah. telltales anywhere, no tall power lines. And then all of a sudden, we kind of seen up the top of the hill, one Harris Hawk sitting on top of one of those lights. And we're like, yeah, we drive up there. Got a BC loaded with a gerbil and a mouse. That's my combination. It's my secret <laughs> combination. It works every time, you know. And now, remind me to tell you about the new mice that I've been breeding. But anyway, oh. uh, we get in there and we, I throw the BC. It's a John Graham BC. It was one of the first ones that he made me. And immediately, two more birds pop up on the lights. Bloop, bloop. And then two more. 
And then there's a bird on each one of the lights. There's six lights, six lights. There's a bird <laughs> on each one of the lights. So it's literally that window. It's just ploop, 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 ploop. And they all show up yeah. at the same time. <laughs> it was like a cartoon. Ba-dum, ba-dum. <laughs> you know, and, and sure enough, it was an alpha female. It was three subordinate males, and it was three young males, or, th- mm-hmm. or two oh, young man. young juvenile birds. One of them we couldn't really tell. It, it looked like one of them definitely was a, a young juvenile male, and that's what that's what I was after. You know. Oh. So anyway, after about a few minutes, that's the thing about trapping Harris hawks too, is they're very tactical. They're very strategic, and they finesse, you know? And so two males fly down to the trap, and they're just like walking around it, you know, looking at it. (laughs) Inspecting it first. Then an adult female flies down, and she walks right up to it, and she just kind of stands beside it, and she's looking. And then the uh, one of the males comes up, and he foots the cage. Then the other male comes up and foots the cage. And then the other male flies down. He's, he lands beside it. And all the while, the two juveniles are just sitting up on the closest uh, two lights, just watching with very close intent. For those of you who don't know, you cannot take an adult bird from the wild because it's like in the breeding population. You have to take a juvenile because it's not yet breeding. And so you don't impact the wild population because by the odds, the ratios are 80% of wild birds of prey die in their first year. Harris hawks is probably a little lower than that because they hunt in family groups and so there's always kind of food to go around, but you're not impacting the breeding group. And so, unfortunately, in this situation, the birds that we want are sitting up high and just waiting. Yep, just waiting and just waiting and just waiting. And so, interestingly... To move the story along, the two males come in. They're they're sitting there hitting the trap. The females watching. The other adult males kind of watching. Two juveniles way up on top of the light poles, and suddenly the two younger, I mean the two adult males, hit the trap and they almost get caught almost at the same time on opposite sides of the trap, and they're just kind of sitting there and they're caught. But they really just can't figure out what's going on. So they're just kind of standing <laughs> up caught. Oh, and so at this point, you don't know yet that they're caught because they didn't do the backwards jerk. Right. And then the other two adults come in. They decide to jump in on the fray, jump <laughs> on the top of it. And they're sitting there footing. And about this time, the smallest little male juvenile comes down. And he's kind of on the side of the female. And he starts footing it from the side. And then the next thing you know, all the birds lay out. Like every one of the birds almost almost simultaneously just lay down, like just lay out and stretch their foot out. And they're like, oh shit, oh, we're geez. caught. I can't, and, they, I can't and then move. they start kicking and they start like, and they're laying down flat with their wings splayed out. You Dude, know? I can only imagine, I've never seen a group of hair socks on a trap. I can only imagine how much of a fiasco that is. When the whole family group is caught? It was a classic <laughs> goat rope. Because when, when I run up, of course, they're not all laying flat and splay anymore. They're all trying to flip over on their backs. You yeah, know? so it's just... Blah, 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 blah. So anyway, yeah, so I'm sitting there taking... It, it takes me a minute to get the adult birds off and throw them off to the side. And you know, those birds didn't go anywhere. We took these birds off the trap and they just flew up to the top of the light pole and just sit there and watched us the whole time until we drove off. 
Wow. They're just like, uh, what are you doing with our with Junior? Our, you know? <laughs> with Junior? <laughs> so, so anyway, I decided I kept that bird and uh, and uh, we named him Anakin because at that time we had Padme at home. And oh, she yeah. was an awesome hunter. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in hindsight, I would not have kept that bird, you know? No? No, there were some red flags going up, but I was so in, I was young, or I was enthralled, and we drove all that way. I promise you, if I get this tag this year, it's going to be a different type of trapping. Because, you know, not only do we have the YouTube channel, and we want to document the, the whole strategy and everything, mm-hmm. but... Anakin turned out to just be a very, very frightful bird. Like, he never got over humans. Oh, man. I mean, he, we caught squirrels with him. I mean, he was a tiny bird. You know, he flew at 525. Holy cow. 525. Yeah, and so he was a smaller, he was a smaller bird, you know. George being flying at six. You know, 6'10", 6'15", 6'30", sometimes, depending on how fat you wanted to fly them. But this year, when I go trapping, we are looking for a Sonoran female, if you know what I mean. Yeah. I'm looking for that big, huge bird that Nick caught. Oh, jeez. Her talent was wasted on him. Harris Hawks will fool you, you know? Yeah. Harris Hawks will come along, and they will train up so quick, so fast. Train you up. Yeah, they'll train mm-hmm. you up. That's right. And they will surprise you and just fly off with your stuff. I've never had that happen, but it's been told a couple of times. That's hilarious. Before I touch on what I touch on, tell me the the mice. You said you're breeding awesome mice. Yes. So we have some really incredible mice, and um, they are calico-colored. Oh, Nice. Yeah, so um, the great thing about this, too, is, you know, for normal intents and purposes, you would think that uh, a calico mouse would be more difficult to see than a white mouse, and you'd be correct if you were human. If you, yeah, exactly. But if you're a hawk, then there's a whole different story. You know exactly what you're looking at as a hawk. Yeah, and those little flashes of white and those little flashes of orange really capture your attention. Mm-hmm. You know, you're like, make, you know, for a hawk, it's like, oh, this is something that's so natural, so real. Like, you know, every once in a while, we get a hawk that kind of balks at a white mouse. Yeah. Understandably Straight so. Up. What color are your gerbils? Are they dark? Yeah, the gerbils, we got two, we got three gerbils that we use. Uh, mm-hmm. Two of them are, you know, the typical tan, gerbily color. And then we got one that's considered a Siamese. It's kind of a light gray with really dark nose and really dark Ooh. tail. Nice. That's cool. You know, like a Siamese cat. Yeah. So um, we got two females and a male gerbil, but they haven't been gerbling. Oh, man. So it doesn't matter. I don't need any more of the mice. The mice more than populate for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> it's like <laughs> we're, const- we're constantly moving mice out of the mice bin. But luckily, we got some small snakes that need small prey item, food mm-hmm. food items. Yeah. But anyway, uh, yeah, these mice are incredible. And, uh, and they just seem to work so well with, got one that's called Musasa. Not Mufasa, <laughs> but Musasa. 
And we've used him a couple of times with, with the male gerbil that we call Rocky, of course. You know, we, it's like we always name the male gerbil Rocky. Those two work really well. And the thing is, gerbils don't care for the mice, mm-hmm. you know? Put a mouse in a gerbil cage, the, mal- the gerbil would kill the mouse right away. Like, oh. That would just happen. Jeez. But in a trap, you know, it's nobody's territory. It's, yeah, it's so neutral ground. Yeah, but anytime the mouse gets near the gerbil, the gerbil runs to the other side. Like, they just don't like them. And, and so what's really great, the mice don't really move real fast. You know, hey, the mice are just, just like, like being mousy, <laughs> moving around, you know, doing their little mousy thing. But when they get close to the gerbil, the gerbil quickly runs to the other side of the cage. And so that quick movement catches, catches the, eye. The, the eye of the hawk. Dude. Yeah. That's a good combo, man. And, and when they're in, and so they, they never like bite each other and mess with each other in there? I haven't had it happen yet, you know. So in 2022, I think we've do, we've done about 22 or 23 hawk rescues where we've used this combinations to catch hawks out of warehouses. Yeah. And then last year, while trapping season was still in effect, we were looking for uh, we were looking for a Harlan's red tail, and we had really zeroed in on where they were, and we just couldn't seal the deal. You know, we just couldn't get one to come down to the trap. Um, we caught a couple of couple of really big red tail hawks and, and some really would have been keepers definitely but you know we were looking for that right bird oh if you were going to hold on to it who would fly it i would definitely because we have so many squirrels here it'd, it'd be like yeah take a red tail out here nowadays there's so many squirrels it's like red tail hawking is like one and done and throw throw it up at this one particular park catch catch a squirrel go home kind of thing that's the kind of hawking that I do is because now I'm just so busy. I got so many things going on. It's like staying out in the woods for three or four hours just isn't just isn't going to happen. No. I get out there, literally get out there, throw the bird up, catch a squirrel. I'm back within an hour. Unless we go out west and we go jackrabbit hawking, then we take a little bit more time. But even then, you know, it's like go out, catch two jackrabbits, go home. You're home within two hours, you know. But the trapping, if you go to our YouTube video, our YouTube channel, which is Wildlife Command Center, and you type in hawk trapping or trapping hawks or whatever, we've got about four really, really good videos up right now. And I mean, perfect videos where you got great angles and the bird's coming into the trap and he's breaking at the last minute and then he hits the trap and he, you know, with his feet, you know. And then he sits there for a second like, why can't I catch this thing? What's going on here? <laughs> Looking at the tra- traffic on the other side of the road, you know, that kind yeah. of look. Yeah. Quick, quick, <laughs> you know? Like the, the quick head turn, head turn, head turn, look down, pop, 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 foot, foot, foot. Like, what the hell? I tell you, we, we have a video of an unintentional catch. It was really cool because there's huge cliffs and there's a little bit thin row of trees along this back roads, blacktop road in Missouri. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I barely saw it, but there was, there was this passage bird sitting on top of a dead tree that was just like, it was probably eight inches around and it was straight and it had no limbs on it. It was just like this weird dead tree. And it was up against the cliff wall. And I almost didn't see the bird because it just all blended in so well, you know? And I was like, oh, there's a pretty good one. I didn't know for sure, but the bird was bigger than the tree. And I was like, it's got to be a great bird. <laughs> oh, because it bloop. Yeah, once it gets to the top of the tree, it like bloop. 
it like bends Sit out. Sit on top of that dead tree. Yeah. And so we threw a trap down and we were waiting and we were waiting and we were waiting. The bird just wouldn't move. We were focused on the bird. And then all of a sudden I see this flash and a different bird came in from a different angle and hit the trap. You know, Dang. a bird we didn't even know was out there. And uh, anyway, it ended up being a hag, uh, one of the one of the two hags that we caught. But a beautiful bird, man. It had that perfect black tail tip band mm-hmm. along the end of the tail. It was bright red. It, uh, but man, that bird was spicy. I'm gonna tell you what, it, it footed me before I could even blink an eye, dude. And their foot strength is so strong when they're old, man. Crazy. Oh. And man, human flesh is just like butter in their talons. It's just like <laughs> sunk that, sunk that talon straight in. And then I got one hand off, and before I could move my other hand out of the way, it caught my other hand with the same foot. Dude, I was like, what? man, those the birds that do survive their first year, you know, get through that that absolutely crucial period where eighty percent of them die. You know that they are just the cream of the crop, like the best hunters, right? So they have to have like the best footing skills, best <laughs> reflexes. <laughs> just are measly They're also little the spookiest birds. Like if you were to go out and try to trap a hag bird on purpose. You'd throw a ton of traps down for, for oh, hagbirds because so they harder. just look at that trap and they go like, mm-mm, that ain't right. I ain't going down for that trap, you know? Mm-hmm. But every once in a while, you'll get you'll get a hag to come down. It's kind of weird. It's like the passage birds are just kind of like, do-do-do-do-do-do-do. Oh, free mouse. Look, free food. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they just come down and crash it. But the, the adult birds are like, Nah, man, something just don't feel right. I'm going to wait and see what's going on with this. And they will, man. They'll outweigh you. Uh, Yeah, they will. Sort of like like trapping an owl in a warehouse, man. An owl in a warehouse would definitely outweigh you. Oh, my gosh. Thankfully, I haven't done a lot of those. Well, I'll tell you, the, the very last one that I did, I literally left. Because, I mean, it was just sitting there just looking. And I literally left, gave the guy my cell phone number and my text. <laughs> Call uh, me. My I'm going to go eat. I said, something. hey, I'm going to go grab something to eat because I'm like, I'm hungry. Yeah. You know? I went and ordered food, ate it all, was driving back to the facility. And uh, the guy texts me and goes, hey, the bird moved. It's over by your trap now. Ooh. And and when I came in, I literally walked in as the owl was footing the trap. Nice. And then another time with barred owls and the thing, the barred owl was so stoic because it was it was daytime. Mm-hmm. Oh, sleeping, yeah. That we were we literally took a lift. They put me in a lift and slid me up right in behind it, and I just barehanded it, scooped it up. Dude, can you imagine? Think about all the videos that we could have had of the awesome, like, barehanded hawk stuff that we've just never captured on film. Like, I've barehanded Cooper's Hawks out of, a, out of Walmarts, you know? Mm-hmm. Man, so much lost opportunity. <laughs> oh, yeah. There, there's definitely a lot of lost opportunity. But, but you know, it is what it is. Yeah. So, it's one of those cool things. But I do, I do enjoy trapping hawks. It is thrilling. I love being able to video it now. We got a pretty awesome GoPro set up on our BC. 
yeah. that just does not seem to bother the Hawks at all in any way. And then we got Cole on the camera. He's getting, getting he's the, other angle. the other angle. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And so with three, with three camera angles, we can produce some really, really good hawk trapping videos. Really excited to go to Texas this year. If we get the Arizona tag, we're going to go in May. And they changed how, how everything plays out. Is it because they breed so early there? It's because they breed so early, but also Arizona has a huge IS take for goshawks and prairie falcons and Harris hawks, if you want, and red tail hawks, if you want. Not that we would, but you know, they're available. And so now they do the lottery in October when they used to do the lottery in January. Now they do the lottery in October. That way, everybody can get their plans made to go capture IS birds. And so trapping season in Arizona starts in May. So why would you want to go? You don't want to pull an IS. No, I don't. But you know what I do want? And this is the great thing about Arizona is one juvenile body feather. <laughs> one juvenile body feather is all they require on a oh bird. Oh my gosh. You could find that on any bird. <laughs> and so because, because these birds breed all the time, you can trap a 12 to 14 month old bird. Mm-hmm. Anytime you could, you can probably trap like realistically. We've seen the birds with very, very young birds in October when we've been there trapping before. Like we've been in there in October and still heard peepers. Oh, wow! Little, yeah, so it's realistic that you could catch an eight month old bird in May. So, what would you do with it over the summer when where it's like our busiest season and hunting is miserable, though legal in Missouri? You could hunt it, it it would just be horrible very illegal but well we would certainly put him on because you know we can we can take one head of game species a a day Mm -hmm. in missouri every day and you can do pigeon stuff i guess right pigeons is where it's at the problem is you don't want to start a hunting bird on feathers too soon because they get locked into feathers harris hawks do get locked into feather and you can always go back to feathers yeah, yeah, it's always better with a passage bird. I feel like you start it on fur and then you move it along to feather. So, what would your plan be? My plan is myself and I got Ashley Roth on staff, who's another falconer. Mm-hmm. Um, we would fly the bird every day, keep the bird fit, and then, like right now, we've got a big project with Gulfstream and the airport over in uh, East St. Louis, which is the Illinois side. And uh, we would use it probably pretty extensively over there. Fly it on park squirrels, you know, because they're easy oh. to get in, easy to get out. Yep. One of the things I did notice, though, about flying the birds all year long is that, especially if we started in May, is there's a young, a lot of young, stupid squirrels. And even though there's a lot of, <laughs> there's a lot of leaves, you can catch a lot of squirrels mm-hmm. one at a time. Because they're just young and dumb and stupid. And the only problem you really have is if your bird learns to carry. Oh, yeah, it's easy. Because the little half-grown squirrels are real easy to carry. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're literally the size of small rats. But that would be the plan until we get into the fall and then get into the fall and get it ranked up. So this year, NAFA is going to be in Lubbock, Texas, 2022. Man, I'm stoked. 
so we would be we would have the bird primed and ready. But here's the other thing. Mm-hmm. is that I'm looking for a large Sonoran female Harris hawk. So you're going to be picky. And so I am A-OK making a trip out there and not catching the right bird. I'm mm-hmm. just going to be A-OK, which in the past, especially when I was younger, I was not A-OK with. Oh, but yeah. if I have to make two trips or even three out to that area. I've got plenty of time to capture a bird before August. Yeah, we finally do now. You know, you have your company's rocking and rolling. You got a bunch of employees who can handle business. Yep. And so that's that's going to be the plan, you know. And so it's going to be a very strategic catch. Very, very strategic catch. As a matter of fact, if I don't see the female I'm interested in, we won't even throw a trap which is unusual for us. We usually, anytime we see a juvenile bird, we throw a trap because you never know. Like I've been out trapping with Harris Hawks and there'd be one male adult bird and that's the only bird I can see. Mm -hmm. But I know the other birds are around. They're close. Exactly. When I was trapping Padme back in 2006, that was the case. There was one male bird I walked almost 25 yards. I walked the trap all the way into some underbrush because there was a big opening mm-hmm. on the other side, which was right underneath that male, male bird. I literally walked it in there, put it down, started walking back. And when I just kind of probably got about 10 yards in and, and the brush started to be too much where I couldn't see the trap hardly anymore, mm-hmm. juvenile bird runs out from underneath the, the bottom <laughs> runs, of the understory. Not flies. Runs. Runs. <laughs> and Padme was definitely caught as a runner. You know, she oh, was boy. a runner because I, I, I never saw her fly. That's hilarious. Know. Right? Freaking just yep. tweedles over. I got it. And our listeners, in case they don't know, Harris Hawks hunt in family units. There's typically an alpha female, two subordinate males, and four to five young. You know, mm-hmm. and the young can be of various ages. They're, they're not all from one nest. And so the way they hunt is about 10 o'clock in the morning, maybe nine, the adult female, the alpha female, she'll make a hunting call and she'll start flying and the males will scoop up the, the young and they'll all fly to wherever the female wants to hunt. She'll perch up super high and then the males usually perch a little bit lower and then the males will start calling and the young birds will go to the ground on the ground, start and they'll walking start around. running underneath. They'll start <laughs> running underneath the underbrush. Yep. And then the males will catch whatever they flush out, and then the female will come down and she'll take it away from the male, and she'll eat her fill, and then the male will eat his fill, and then if there's any left over, the young will come in and eat, and they will do this over and over and over and over again until everyone is fed. Everyone's full. Yep. And sometimes it takes all day. Sometimes they're done by 11 o'clock. You know? <laughs> Another interesting thing about Harris Hawks is if any member of the family is wounded in such a way that it can't participate in the hunt, missing a leg, missing a beak, missing a toe, or anything. Jacked up wing. The other members of the family will feed it. They'll capture prey and they'll feed it. And that's why we catch these hawks that have been maimed in such a way that they can't really function as a hunting entity anymore, but they're still alive. Wow. 
And, uh, and it's because the family unit will take care of them and feed them. Even though they don't offer anything to the family unit other than being alive and I suppose they could incubate eggs. Yeah, you incubation know? and maybe breeding down the road or like feeding of the young, you know, like sitting on the nest and then just pulling off meat and giving it to babies. Little pieces. Yeah. yeah. I don't yeah. know. I don't know, but it's fun. I love it. It's interesting. Dude, I'm Guys, for go you. to our YouTube channel. Check out a couple of the videos. You'll love it too. Sweet. All right, Michael, thanks for coming on with me. That was an awesome episode. I'm excited for the your Western trips this year, man. Yeah, it's going to be really fun. Really, really fun. All righty, guys. Thanks again for listening to the Wildlife Command Center podcast. If you haven't yet, subscribe and give us an awesome review on whatever platform you're listening on. If you haven't checked out our YouTube channel, Wildlife Command Center, go and do that. Hit subscribe and check out some of our hawk trapping videos. They're pretty awesome. We really appreciate you. Have a good day, everybody. God bless. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening to this podcast. This is Michael Baran, a.k.a. Bare Hands Baran. Make sure you go now to Discovery Plus Download our reality TV show, Bare Hands Rescue, where we are out there every day rescuing people from wild animals. It is entertaining, it is engaging, and it is informative. Download it today and listen for our next podcast.